Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's curd and long. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's C Sparky, 5 or 1250 AM, The Fan, another edition of Curtin Long. We are out at the Toy Drive, the 17th annual, man, I'm old, 17 years we've been doing this Toy Drive, out here at Blaine's Farm and Fleet in Oak Creek, right there on uh, Rawson Avenue, just a few minutes east of I-94. Come on out, donate uh, online as well, 1250amthefan.com uh, is the best way to do it. Uh, if you come out here, you can make a cash donation. Uh, if you'd like, uh, and uh, we've done really good in cash donations early on uh, here on Monday morning, recording this at about what, 12.06 in the afternoon on Monday. So doing good there. Uh, toy donations, obviously welcome. It is a toy drive after all. So you can either buy toys here at Blaine's Farm and Fleet inside Toyland or uh, buy toys elsewhere and just drop them off here in our toy bin uh, located uh, outside uh, the main entrance where we are. That would work as well. All for Children's Wisconsin and Robin's Nest. Robin's Nest, of course, a factor of uh, a faction of Children's Hospital, uh, which specializes in foster care uh, that Children's Hospital helps with as well. Uh, joining me uh, on today's Curtin Long episode, because Ryan Horvath is out sick, he is Bart Winkler, our guy from CBS Sports Radio. Follow him on Twitter at Wings Thinks. And of course, the Bart Winkler Show. You can catch that as well wherever you download your favorite podcast at or on YouTube. Uh, and Bart's actually going to make a, be making an appearance out here at the Toy Drive as well. Bart, how are we doing today? Maybe a couple, man. I miss I miss nice. being out there. Yeah, it's fun, man. It's it's my favorite week of the year by far. You're wearing a uh, is that a Bucks hat, a purple Bucks hat, I, I believe. Uh, I, I will tell you this little nugget. Having done this for 17 years, obviously the two years of COVID, we weren't out here. We were in the studio, but so the 15 years uh, that we were actually out here, Blades Farm and Fleet. This is the very first year that I can ever remember seeing what I'm seeing currently. I've been out here since oh, 8 o'clock this morning. I know where you're going. I don't know if you do. Since 8 o'clock this morning. Maybe you do. Since 8 o'clock more, this morning. More Bucks gear than Packer gear. It's not even close, man. Like, I've seen two people, two guys wearing a Packer hat. Every other thing I've seen. Well, I shouldn't take that back. I've seen one Brewer, one Badger. Everything else is bucks. Men, women, kids, hats, sweatshirts, jackets, you name it. There's all bucks gear all the time out here in Oak Creek right now. And only two people in four hours have I seen actually wearing Packer gear. I am shocked by that fact, Bart Winkler. Well, I don't know. Bucks gear, bucks gear might be a little more fashionable right now. Not even like because they're, you know, winning. Packers have kind of been winning. But wow. I don't know. There's something like, I don't know. Bucks gear. Bucks gear. I think is just more like hip right now than Packers gear. Does that make sense? I just for me out here. I mean, you've been out here before. It's an older demographic in Oak Creek that that comes to this farm and fleet. And I'm saying older, meaning like 60s to 80s, maybe somewhere in that area. And well, I bet you. I bet you. By the end of the day. You will see a Green Bay Packers 1995 NFC Central Championships sweatshirt by the end of the maybe. day. 
Yeah, maybe. I think that's possible. I think every year we see one or two of those. People are still wearing that stuff, obviously. And a 94, uh, a 94 Badger Rose Bowl with like a big circle and like the little leaves around it, you'll see. You'll I'd that. be more impressed if I saw an 82 Brewers championship shirt or something like that. That'd be kind of cool. I don't think I've ever seen one of those worn by anybody. Even though the 82 World Series was such a big deal around here, I don't think I've ever seen any 82 Brewers World Series stuff worn out and about. Have you ever seen anybody wearing 82 Brewers stuff? No. No, I no. haven't either. And for as big of a deal as that was, I don't ever see anybody wearing any of that old gear anymore. And I know it's a long time ago. I get it 50 years ago or whatever it's been. Um, but still, no, no, something uh, to think about. All right. So Bart Winkler, Kurt and Long, got to talk some Packers. And I want to talk about these numbers, Aaron Rodgers versus Jordan Love, because that's what everybody wants to talk about. Aaron Rodgers through his first 11 games, 25-99 passing yards. Jordan Love, same. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 17 touchdowns. Aaron uh, Jordan Love, 19. Interceptions, 9 for Rodgers through 11 games. Jordan Love, 10. Records identical, 5 and 6. My question to you is, is it fair to compare these two through 11 games uh, like everybody is seemingly doing on social media and on TV, comparing their numbers. Is it fair? I think it's, I, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I mean, you have, you have numbers you can compare. So I think like, yes. How did this guy do through 11 games? How did this guy do? I think you can compare. I think you do have to be, you do have to remember like these are two different situations still. Uh, we do a lot of comparisons about Rodgers and Love. Rodgers should have been the number one draft pick in 2005. He was not, and then nobody took him. If, they, right. if, if, we, if we had the mentality of 2023 and had the same kind of athletes as 2005, Rodgers is going one, and if he's not, he's going two. So for the Packers to get him at 24, like – the Packers getting Rodgers at 24 is not the same as getting Love at 26. The talent level coming in was not the same. And Rodgers, you know, Rodgers looked great. And Love in some games hasn't looked great. Rodgers was more of a, all right, this is our guy, probably for sure. Let's help him grow. Love is still, oh, is he your guy? Is he not our guy? Is he, is he your guy? Is he not our guy? And there's a big question on, uh, you know, when we're going to pay him and all this kind of stuff. I think it's fair to compare the numbers in terms of their impact with the team. I think it's a little tough to compare like where they're at throughout their progress. And I think even if you're going to do that, uh, you got to be happy with what you're seeing from, from Jordan love. I, I don't know. The, the, the thing that I remember the most about the Rogers years was he would have really good games and then lead a team down and then uh, they would blow it. And I was getting worked up that year. So was I. The defense was blowing games. Rodgers was leading comebacks, looking real good. The defense was blowing games. But even in all those games, we saw a good quarterback. And I think, you know, we'll see what happens against Kansas City, and there's still six more games to go. But what we've seen the last, let's say, three weeks, month, from Jordan Love, like, if we if we knew this, if this is the guy, if there's still room to improve, sure. But if this is the guy, I'm in. I mean, how could you not be? If this is Jordan Love, I'm in. And so that's, I think, what you need to compare is what are you feeling about the future after those games? I don't think it's a fair comparison at all. I, I think it's crap, and I think it's unfair to Jordan Love 
10 times over uh, that these numbers are being thrown out there and compared to. Because what he's doing, in my mind, is far more impressive than anything Aaron Rodgers did in that first year. Uh, and the reason that is, is because Aaron Rodgers got plopped into a situation to where he was the differing factor. He was the one that had to adjust to everybody around him. Jordan Love got plopped into a situation where he's the only one that knows the offense and everybody else was trying to figure out what they're supposed to be doing. And you only have to go back and, and look at Jane Reed's comments last week prior to this last game against the Lions uh, of him talking about running a route and now playing fast where before he wasn't sure if he was supposed to do something based on how a corner was playing him or based on what the safety was doing. And he was kind of guessing as kind of where he was supposed to go and was kind of running at half speed to see if he was supposed to be doing it the right way. Now he's playing faster because now he understands the offense. This last week, perfect example, that touchdown pass, that first one that he threw where, you know, the video of him threading it between three guys uh, to yeah. Jaden Reed for the touchdown, Jordan Love after the game. Christian Watson ran the wrong route. He wasn't supposed to be there. That crap is still happening, right? When Aaron Rodgers was a quarterback, he had a bunch of veterans that were doing what they were supposed to do. Now, his biggest adjustment was doing it the way that McCarthy and Rodgers wanted them to do it versus, you know, playground stuff like they were doing with Brett necessarily. But still, they knew the offense. Rodgers was the new piece dropped in to a veteran-laden team. That's not the case here. Jordan Love is the veteran, even though he's never you know, started a full season of knowing the offense and these other guys are having to adjust. Not to mention the fact you've got an inexperienced left tackle. It was a turnstile for most of the year in Rasheed Walker. Uh, John Runyon's a horrible right guard. Um, and having to deal with that, Rogers got put behind a pretty good offensive line when he got in there after Brett. So oh, that's why the team, yeah. Right. That, that's why I think these numbers are are an unfair comparison because everybody's like, oh boy, it's really impressive. He's doing what, what Aaron did. No, it's a hell of a lot more impressive he's doing what Aaron did because he's working with a hell of a lot less than Aaron had to work with. And he's in a far more far difficult more situation than Aaron Rodgers was ever in when he stepped in to be the quarterback in his first year as quarterback for the Packers. That's why, to me, th this is unbelievable. And if you're excited now, Packer fans, if you're excited by what you've seen now, and I've been saying it all year. No, they may not be great this year, but next year is when this offense is going to take out when everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. And, and that's what's going to happen. Next year, this offense is going to be on a different level. Now, I know you're probably going to add another running back or two that aren't on this team, so they're going to have to learn their ways. But running backs normally can figure it out quicker because they don't have as many adjustments necessarily as a wide receiver or a tight end of what they have to do. Probably going to have a rookie offensive lineman starting, uh, hopefully not more than one. Uh, so you'll have to add that in. Uh, but this offense should be playing at a whole different level next year than they are this year. Then you'll really get to see how good these receivers are and really how good Jordan Love is. But now that they're actually running the routes they're supposed to be running and people are doing their jobs, now all of a sudden Jordan Love is able to do his job better. And everybody's like, oh boy, look at how good Jordan Love is. Well, I don't think Jordan Love necessarily sucked the rest of the time, but he wasn't being helped by the people around him, Bart. No, and if you look back at uh, 08, Rogers' leading receiver was a 25-year-old Greg Jennings, 80 catches, 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns, so already an established pro. Donald Driver yep. was 33 that season, but a 33 that was productive, not like if they had Randall Cobb here, 33. 74 catches, 1,000 yards, 33, and they had Jordan Nelson, uh, Jordy Nelson. Even looking back at uh, where Love is, like this is Love's – so this Sunday's interesting because – the Packers are going to play the Chiefs, who Love has already played and started against, right? So 
that that like allure might not be there. But just looking at where Love's stats were in that first game, his top receiver was Randall Cobb, three for 50. A.J. Dillon, four for 44. Devontae Adams, six for 42. Lazard did a 20-yard touchdown. And MVS, two for 19. So for all of the, the top four receivers, you got Dillon, sure. But the top four receivers are long gone. And you've got all these young guys that you're developing, too. That's why one of the things that I had said was when they were really struggling is having a young group of guys like this, I think of the Brewers when I think of Braun, Hart, Fielder, Weeks. They can all grow together because baseball is a sport that allows that to happen. Even basketball, I think, is a sport that kind of allows that to happen. Football, it's like, ah, it's really hard to have everybody grow together. And so you were seeing a lot of mistakes. When they do win, then it's really fun to see all these young guys grow together. But it's a lot harder to come in with this kind of strategy and what the hardest thing to do is to evaluate Jordan Love. Because if you're just going to go straight numbers, I don't know. I have to, you know, we'd have to really do research. But are we accounting for drops? Are we accounting, for, you know, all this kind of stuff that we can be accounting for? Even still, Love had some passes that in and out of the hands of guys. And I know that not every ball he throws is perfect. But I do think that we need to get to the point now where instead of looking at his completion percentage or whatever his stats are and saying, yeah, he had this, but here's the eight incompletions and what he did wrong. I think you look at what he did good or well, and then you say, there's still room for improvement. Like he will learn how to relieve a receiver at a deep ball, which he can throw at some times. Some of these, some of these catches will be caught that are not being caught right now. I think like what I've been saying about love is sometimes on the screens, it seems like it might get away from him or tight ends are running the wrong route, whatever. On the deep passes, he still needs to work on some timing with that. And it was good to see Christian Watson take care of his own last week. But everything else in the middle, I'm like very I, – I thought Jordan Love wasn't accurate. He looks pretty fine to me. Everything else, I'm very – like I'm comfortable with him as the quarterback. I'm not like, oh, boy, it's fourth quarter. We're down eight points. We have Jordan Love. No, bring it on. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. And I think the Packers, with all that's ever – you know, everything that's happened – have to be pretty pumped about that. You know, the other thing too is ball placement. And that's something that's been talked about the last couple of weeks by Dan Orlowski and others of, you know, he was throwing balls low. So a guy would have to go down and get the ball, fall down, not get the yak yards. This last week, everything was on the money. He wasn't throwing anything low. He had one ball that was high that Watson went up and got on the sidelines. But for the most part, everything right was right where we're supposed to be allowing the receiver to continue to run uh, and get the yards. So that also is good. If you watch that quarterback school, which is whole JT O'Sullivan, is that who that is that does that? Um, Packer Gray. That's that. That's really really good. Uh, and if you watch this last week's, you know he shows you that things that he is doing right now is a lot of arm talent stuff that the feet aren't even right yet necessarily on every throw. And that, as he points out, like Packer fans, you should be excited because he's making these throws and his feet aren't even right yet. Wait till he gets his feet right consistently, and now he can really get something behind it. It's going to make it all the more amazing kind of going forward. How about this? You said he faced the Chiefs once before, but it's all different receivers. Jacob Morley pointed this out from the Packaday podcast. This was the first game, this Lions game, where this offense had seen somebody twice. Yeah. So these receivers had faced these DBs in Detroit, 
this line had faced these, these defensive linemen in Detroit. They knew kind of what it was and the personnel they were playing for the very first time. You've really had this all year long and you saw how they reacted. Jordan loves saying we had their number. We knew how to attack them this time. That's going to be fun to see how this plays out going forward. Now, when you see the bears again, who you beat once already, when you see Minnesota again, uh, who you played once already and to see how much better are they going to be when they see these second, these teams the second time around, as far as how these young guys kind of are able to watch that film from the first game and they'll apply it to the second game. And does that result oh, in wins? You know, that that's the one thing is everybody's talking about the Vikings and them chasing the lions. Uh, look, I mean, the Packers as they sit right now are outside of the playoffs looking in and I get it. And I think it should be one game at a time because odds are this young team is going to stumble in a game. They shouldn't stumble. And we're all going to get pissed off. Oh my God. How do they lose to the Panthers or oh, by who, by the way, they fired Frank Reich, who, whoever they lose to, they're going to lose to a team. They're not supposed to lose to probably on the way out here. That's probably going to happen. But the fact that two, three weeks ago, we were talking about, man, Maybe they're going to have a chance at Caleb Williams. Maybe they're going to have a chance at Drake May. Maybe they'll have a top three pick from that two or three weeks ago, like three weeks ago, to now sitting here going, hey, they might slide into the playoffs here at the end of the day is a remarkable turnaround in you know three or four weeks. Well, I was not on the draft train, although many people that would come on my postgame shows would come on very sad after wins, which drew me, uh, flew me off the handle. As it uh, should, because there there was never there's a lot of there's a lot of bad teams, and I know Packers are young, and sometimes they look bad. There's a lot of teams worse than that. I always thought this was, I said seven to ten. Maybe we can go six to ten, like at the beginning. But I always thought this was a even even with the youth, a seven to ten kind of winning team. When you look at what's the yep. ceiling, what's the floor. Now, when you look at their record now, and you're thinking, oh, they're five and six. Actually, they could have won that game. They could have won that game. And then you start to really think right. what they could have done. Uh, that's where the youth is kind of yep. Yep. maybe taking away some of the wins and the, uh, I guess, not immaturity, but, you know, you're still growing. So this is still, like, yeah, the best case scenario, we could be talking playoffs, whatever. I think I'm totally with you on the one game at a time. Never do I think. And I'm, I've started to, like, have fun with, hey, we're a game out of the playoffs, whatever. But never have I thought when I when I sit down, we need this game for the playoffs. And never have I thought when we sat down, I want to lose because I want a good draft pick. I just go in to this season, which is different than we're used to, and watch this game and really see the progress and really see them grow. And it's still fun to win, okay? I enjoy when, when they win. And I'm really happy that they won because this, this game on Sunday, it's a night game against the Chiefs. Uh, that's a lot of attention. There's a lot of people watching you. I'm really happy that they had this performance on Thanksgiving when a lot of people were able to see it. And it was, you know, it's at 1130 in the morning, but a primetime type game where this team has a chance to make a statement. They know eyeballs are on them and they played very well. I'm just, I'm happy that the Packers were able to have a win on that showcase so that if they do slip up against the Chiefs, or I think there's a Monday night game against the Giants that I guess people will watch. Like they, they had a performance where you can say, all right, this is good. It's not just highlights. There's good things happening here, and they took advantage of that. Uh, of everything that I saw on Thanksgiving, the one thing that I question whether or not we will see consistently is the Packers' defensive performance. 
I just don't know if we'll see that type of defensive performance again the rest of the year. I'm very, very excited by it. You know, causing turnover, something this defense has not done a very good job of. Getting consistent pressure on the quarterback, something this defense has not done a very good job of. Rashawn Gary uh, finally uh, had a big game for the first time in several weeks as far as actually getting home and finishing. You know, he's gotten hurries, but he hasn't gotten the sacks. I don't know if they can do it again. And I don't definitely don't think they can do it consistently for the next six weeks. And if they play like that semi-consistently the rest of the way out, this is going to be a tough football team to beat if they can play like that the rest of the way out. I just have my doubts of whether or not they can because people forget they won that game without Devontae Campbell and without Jair Alexander, without your best quarterback. You took out an explosive Lions offense. That was super impressive. And we all want to talk about the offense of Jordan Love, and I get that. But that defensive performance was outstanding. And my my question just is, you know, can they actually do this consistently? And my answer to it right now is I don't think they can, Bart. Well, what a test they have again on Sunday then against the Chiefs and an offense that, you know, maybe they're not the Chiefs of yesteryear, but they're the Chiefs of pretty close to that. I mean, they're still – they still got speed. Uh, they got guys that are trying to grow too and develop. They still got Travis yep. Kelsey. They still got Patrick Mahomes. So if they make any mistake, like I just – the one thing I know is going to happen on Sunday is there'll be there'll be multiple third downs where it's like third and 12 and we're feeling good. And then Mahomes rushes for 16. Uh, there will happen. be multiple instances of that. And we know that 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 is coming. Um, I think the thing that would drive me the most nuts is if MVS caught a deep ball and scored. That would actually make me angry. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a good test. Uh, you know, we we're talking about that Rogers first team. That Rogers first team was six and 10, had some defensive problems in the later stages of games. They also had two all pros, uh, Nick Collins and uh, Charles Woodson. This Packers team will have none. Oh God, no! I mean, this Packer team, this Packer team is not even going to like sniff Pro Bowl alternate kind of stuff on defense. But they, you know, if they can play like a unit and and play that well, there's also a lot of like people upset that okay, well, if we're not going to get a good draft pick, let's be bad enough where we fire Joe Barry. And Joe Barry's got issues, man. Uh, some of the stuff he does, I do not understand. But also, if they keep winning and the defense plays this well. I mean, something is working. He's going to get an extension. Not only are they not going to fire him, if this defense plays like this on the way out, and let's say they make the playoffs, they're going to give him like a three-year extension. Get an extension Mark my words. Assistant coach, he'll get a raise. He'll, get a he'll, be, the, uh, he'll be the associate head coach, uh, yeah. you know, right under LaFleur. So if something happens to LaFleur, he'll be the head coach. That'll really freak people out. Because, again, I think Joe Barry gets an extension in the offseason, and I think Jordan Love gets an extension, obviously, uh, in the offseason as well. Then the questions become about David Bakhtiari. Uh, obviously, how much better is this team right now if Bakhtiari plays all year at left tackle and if Aaron Jones is healthy for every game and playing all year uh, at running back? I think that accounts for at least one or two wins uh, before everything is said and done because for the most part, they've been in every game. They've gotten blown out at what, one or two games where they had no chance. But for the most part, they've been in every game in the fourth quarter. They've had a chance to win a game uh, and they haven't been able to get it done. If you have Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones all year, this is a much different team. I think Brian Gutekunst would probably say the exact same thing if he was sitting here. Yeah, and that's why, you know, at five and six, even with all that's happened and what you're trying to grow and, and develop, I saw some people making fun of Packers fans because 
they get a win on Thursday, and we're all like, oh yeah, we we're, we're really excited about five and six. Yep. But it, it's 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 weird. It's weird. I am a championship or bust guy. I want a Super Bowl every single year. Give them to me. I want to be a dynasty so so bad, but not every year can be that. And this year is about growth and development and answering the questions you have, um, especially on offense, but some on defense as well. And I think at five and six, like, what what have you seen? You've seen Jordan Love with a uh, great performance. You saw him Jordan Love with a signature comeback. You saw you've seen him be clutch. You know, you've seen you've seen everything that you could have wanted from him. And the defense, yes, yeah, stepped up. And you've seen like you've seen good things. And you know, the other day we were doing a, a post game and started getting into the kicker. And like, if we're talking about the kicker, things are going all right. If, if kicker if, sucks, well, now he's bad, but he is the he is the number two guy after Jordan Love. He's the number two guy I guarantee is on this team next year. They're not getting rid of him, unfortunately. No, but they better bring competition in for him because he was the only guy they didn't bring competition in for this offseason in training camp. The only position on the entire roster that had no competition brought yeah. in for him. He was the only one. And that was because of Basaccia because he has, you know, a, a familiarity with his family, yada, yada, well, he yada. Did, he did kind of want to put Basaccia's guys in Levitt. Well, yeah, that and that was a Lafleur thing because Lafleur was livid if you saw him yelling at Levitt on the on the sidelines of that game. But um, I agree with you. But I don't think Carlson makes it through next year if he sucks again. I, I don't because at some point Goody and Lafleur are going to step in and be like, okay, that's enough. Because this year it was like you're not going, we're not going to win. We know we're not going to win, so it's okay. So he can learn on the job just like everybody else, and we're fine with it. But next year, think about it. If this team wins, say this team wins eight games. They go eight and nine, let's say. What are expectations going to be for next year? Aren't expectations next year now playoffs? Aren't oh, expectations yeah. next year 10 wins? If you even if you go under 500 at eight and nine, I think next year this backer fan base goes, okay, good. We got our one bad year out of the way out of the way. Now let's win the division and get back to the playoffs every year going forward. I think that's how it's going to be, Bart. And maybe I'm wrong, but I think that will be the expectation. No, I, I said that this year is about growth and getting better but then this is a one-year this is certainly a one-year deal next year next year if they lose week one i will be mad that they have one game back in the playoff race next year is next year the playoffs can be more of a possibility not that they can't be this year and it's going to be fun and you know the nfc that bottom like one of uh, bad teams are going to make the playoffs and i'll throw us in the vikings okay yeah they've josh dobbs fun they're, they could make the playoffs. The Seahawks, one of these NFC South scrubs, could still yeah. make the playoffs. Yep. And we're in that mix. So we're all fighting for the right to go to San Francisco and get our butt kicked. But we're in that mix. And the nice thing the nice thing is you have tiebreakers against a bunch of these teams already because of winning games. You beat the Falcons already this year. You took care of that job. You beat the Saints. You took care of that job. So if you end up in tiebreakers with a couple of these teams, the, that means you get to get in the playoffs. Which one of those teams? I think the Saints beat us. Did the Saints beat us? Yeah, they came no, back against us, and we came back against Atlanta. Or vice oh. versa. We lost to Atlanta. We had lost to Atlanta. We beat the Saints because they missed they the field goal at the right. end. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just losing my mind. because both teams suck. So either way. So my, my point on all of Survivor team, Sparky, two I red zone turnovers, five field goals in the red zone, kind of. Bolt. Sorry. Sorry. You're holding on to that still, huh? 
It's okay. And all the fantasy I play, losing a survivor pool is like the worst feeling because you really feel bad and dumb. And yeah, and- I've never I've never done one. I, I've seen you talk about you doing one. I, I've never actually done the survivor. Well, I usually get bounced in week one or two. I've never been in this long. So I I was like starting to dream of the money, but not this time. No, not this time. No. Uh, okay. Uh, talking with Bart Winkler, follow him on Twitter at Wakes Things. Check out his show, the Bart Winkler show, of course, on CBS sports radio uh, as well. So I'm just going to put you on the spot. Cause I don't know how many more times we'll have you on between now and the end of the year. Does this team make the playoffs? I think that they are going to really, if you're going to put me on the spot. Yeah. I mean, it's six games to go. I mean, the odds of you being right are, are you know, 50, 50 at this point, cause they literally could go either way. They could easily make the playoffs. They could easily miss the playoffs at this point. So got a 50-50 shot of being correct. But you got a gut feeling that they're going to figure out a way to well, get no, it. I don't, have a, I don't have a gut feeling. I have a just let me look at the schedule real quick feeling. Oh, there's nobody after the Chiefs. No, so let's say you lose to the Chiefs and then – or, yeah, and then take one of your losses. To just take another loss. Say, all right, you're going to lose a game that you shouldn't lose. So that puts us at 9-8. and eight. Yep. Because you got New York, Tampa, Carolina, Minnesota, and Chicago. Yep. Minnesota is the only one where I think they might lose that one. But the rest of them, they should win the rest of those games easily. And I'm and I'm building in a loss. I'm building in a one loss out of those five that are bad. But they'll be, I mean, yeah, Minnesota at home, they'll probably be favored. Oh, that's New Year's Eve night. Yep. Oh, that sucks. Bart, what is this fan base going to be like if they beat Kansas City on Sunday night? What are they going to be like? Uh, arrogant. <laughs> I We're mean, go from like, like beating a good team to go to five and six was like, oh my God, can you believe this? This is, this is fun. But then if you do it again the week after, well now, okay, now let's go. Now it's going to be, okay, we're going to win the division because the Lions are going to screw this up because the Lions got a couple of tough games still left. Uh, and, and we're going to win the division. And then it's, you know, it's us, Philly and, and San Francisco. We'll see what happens at the end of the day because nobody believes in McCarthy and the Cowboys uh, at this point. Everybody's going to need to settle down. I'll tell you right now, if they beat the Chiefs, we should celebrate. We should be happy. But let's not be running our mouths on social media about how all of a sudden the Packers are going to do something in the playoffs and so forth. Because again, just like they have to learn in the regular season, this young team, these guys have never been in the playoffs. And Bart will tell you, I will tell you, anybody will tell you, the playoffs are a different beast, a different animal and intensity and everything else than what a regular season game is. So even if this team does make the playoffs, there shouldn't be these grand expectations of they're going to win two games in the playoffs and be in the conference championship game or something like that. But, no, let them make it and lose 40 to 10. I don't care. Get that experience. You say that now. You say that now. And then when they lose 40 to 10, you're going to be on your po- post-game podcast with the Bart Wiggler show just losing your mind that the defense was so god-awful. Joe Barry should be fired. Da-da-da-da-da. You'll be carrying on. And right, right now you're saying, oh, it doesn't matter to me. I'm fine. If they lose, that's fine. Yeah, a, lot no of people, a lot of people always say that. Like, oh, you would say that. And I'm like, no, I, you're right. You are right about that one. Yeah, you would lose it. Everybody's going to lose it if they lose in the playoffs, regardless of what happens. But my God, if he wins nine games in his first year with what he's got to Rogers six, bringing this back full circle to how we started this conversation, it is going to be fun around here watching the Packers grow. Bart, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, when are you on CBS Sports Radio this week, buddy? On uh, 1250 AM, the fan. Monday, the 27th, which uh, is today Tonight. after we record. Yeah. 
Yep. Uh, Thursday at night, the 30th, you right. can catch me on my normal Saturday shift. Sure. Which has been great uh, because I just watch college be- uh, football and talk about it. But now I got to like actually do some prep. And then uh, Sunday morning before I on football, I'll be on. Yeah. And that will be on 1250 because we have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Weekends. Weekends. That's yeah. like I don't Sorry. exist. Bet, bet QL yeah, on the weekends. Ryan Horvath, uh, Saturday mornings on uh, 1250 AM, the fan with his tailgate to kick Early off in the studio. at 8 AM central. Yeah. Uh, Bart, thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you out here at the toy drive. Follow him on Twitter at winks. Thanks. You can follow me at Sparky radio again, toy drive going all the way through this Friday, 8 AM to 6 PM each day. I'll be out here. Come out, say hi, uh, talk some sports with you, whatever you'd like to talk about. Drop a toy in our toy bin, make a cash donation, or you can write a check as well, Children's Wisconsin, if you want while you're out here. Or if you want to donate online, can't make it out this week, no problem. Go to 1250amthefan.com. Just click on the Toy Drive story, uh, and you'll be all set. So again, 1250amthefan.com. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good one. Live from the Toy Drive, toodles. Toodles.